welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show I am joined by David Gales for a playthrough of their new game, Gravemire. In Gravemire, players take on the role of mortal, fallible people facing unfathomable odds set against the backdrop of an uncanny, creature-infested 1890s Louisiana bayou. It is a fantastic, cool, creepy, cosmic horror game. It has some amazing storytelling mechanics. It is uh, wonderful and evocative. The setting is rich and creepy and weird. Uh, I loved playing this game. This game was an absolute delight, and I think you're going to love listening to the game that David and I played. Um, I'm really excited. The game is currently on Kickstarter. It has, I believe, almost funded or currently has funded... Actually, it looks like it has already funded, which is great. Uh, it's got about 10 days left in the campaign as of the time of this recording, so go to Kickstarter, check the show notes, find a link to the Gravemire Kickstarter, back the game, get your copy. This game rips, and I really want you to have it. You can also download the Gravemire Play Kit, which includes the quick start materials needed to run a game right now, at clawhammergames.itch.io, where you can check the show notes for more information. Now, before we dive in, there is one thing that I wanted to talk about, and that is, uh, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Party of One this last weekend screened at the New Jersey Web Fest, which is a festival in Montclair, New Jersey, for web series and fiction podcasts. Uh, actually, this year was the first year that the festival included fiction podcasts. And as part of that, we were nominated for uh, four awards. We were nominated for Outstanding Actual Play, Not Playing D&D. We were nominated for Best Series Premise in an Actual Play. We were nominated for Outstanding Anthology Podcast. And we were nominated for Best Game Master in an Actual Play. And I just wanted to take a moment to say that we we won. Uh, we won an award. I, I We won an award for Party of One, y'all. Like, it... I just kind of wanted to gush about that for a moment because it's a cool thing. And I just wanted to say uh, thank you to the New Jersey WebFest uh, crew, the especially Neem Basha and Ned Donovan, sort of principal organizers, as well as all of the New Jersey WebFest judges. Um, thank you to Jen Frank. As always, um, you make this show possible. And thank you to the hundreds of people that have joined me for a game and to the hundreds of you that listen every single week. Um, it means the world to me and I'm kind of over the moon about it and... So thank you. I just, I, I, I wanted to share this thing with you in this moment with you because it means a lot to me. And I'm just, you know, sometimes you want to take a moment to gush. And if I'm not doing that to you, the people that are listening to this, what's the point, right? That's why we're all here together. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me for games. Thank you for making this thing into a thing. I am incredibly appreciative. And, you know, let's set our eyes to the next one. And on that note, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, you, Jeremy. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with David Gales. David, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for having me. So, real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you let our lovely listeners at home know about what we are playing this week, as well as anything else that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Sure thing. So, we're going to be playing Gravemire this week. It's a horror game set in 1894 in the Louisiana Bayou, and it sort of plays around between a small town and the depths of a sort of twisted bayou wilderness. Uh, that, what, what a, what a prem, what a, what an elevator pitch. I'm, I, I heard it, I was telling you this off mic, but I heard it, and I was like, this is, I'm ready, I'm ready, I am here for this, this is a thing that I want to, I really want to dig into, so I'm so excited. It's funny, for, for as niche of a, of a setting as it is, I've found it has somewhat of a universal appeal. Um, in terms of other things that are going on, I mean, we're kickstarting Gravemire right now. I don't really want to bury that lead. Um, 
And then Clawhammer Games, which is my game studio, does have a couple of other things in the works, which you can keep an eye out for a little bit later this year. Hell yes. All right. Uh, I'm thinking I'm ready to dive right in. I know we need to make a character, uh, and then we're going to play through a little bit of a scenario. So uh, I think we should just go ahead and dive right in and build ourselves a... Build ourselves a uh, I'm not going to say a doomed... I'm not going to say a doomed traveler, but things probably aren't looking great for them wandering out into the into the, 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 the woods alone. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll about. be fine. It'll be great. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, yeah, so walk us through the character creation process. It is, it is, it is quick and simple. Yep, it's, yeah, it's very, very easy. Um, you come up with your character concept, you essentially give your character a name, you have a vague idea, and you talk to the dealer, which is the, the GM, uh, about that idea, and then you are given a certain number of skill points, and you dump those into any skill you want. And by any skill, I... I, I genuinely mean any skill you want. You make them up. You write mm. them down. Character sheets can be a post-it note. They could be a big elaborate spreadsheet. Uh, it's whatever you have on hand, whatever you have ready, whatever you prefer. Um, and because of the sort of amorphous nature of character creation, I actually will have to kick things back to you Uh in order to get things started, because it all depends mm -hmm. on who you want to play and what person you want to send out beyond the border. I, there's a lot of really good options and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to go with the one that popped immediately into my head. I really want to play the, the, the seed of where I started of where it's starting is maybe a little bit on the, the sillier or the, the tropier side, but I'm going to kind of color that a little bit and pull on some things. Uh, you're hearing me, you're hearing me spin this in real time. I, so the phrase that immediately pops into my head is riverboat gambler. Excellent. Riverboat gambler is the thing that pops into my head. But I think the other half of that, that I kind of want to pull in is, uh, pulling on very specifically, uh, famous novelist mark twain uh i the idea of like the kind of like a uh a, a, a writer maybe even like a uh, maybe even like kind of pulling on some things like a journalist would be really compelling like a maybe uh uh yeah i love the idea of like a journalist biographer type who also just spends a lot of his time hanging around hanging around uh bars and river boats and uh ostensibly ostensibly a journalist but the question of what have you written lately i think is prevalent in my head as i think about this character and sort of the questions around them right on i like that idea a lot so then i mean the the next step would just be to start coming up with what does your character know how to do so when you start in Gravemire, you start with 15 skill points, uh, and you start with 7 health and 10 willpower. Uh, the 10 willpower doesn't change. Um, that's just going to be what you start with for willpower. That's representative of your character's mental stability. Uh, mm -hmm. The health you can increase using uh, 2 skill points per health gained, and then mm -hmm. the rest of the skill points you can play around with, uh, with different skills. 
Uh, let's see. Skills that I want to have. I want to have gambling. I want to have gambling as a skill. Okay. Uh, I just enjoy it. It's a it's a it's a fun skill to have. It is a it it. it I picture my character spending a lot of time gambling. It is a it is a it is a a pastime and a hobby. I'm also gonna write down interviewing. I think um I think I. I think I want my other skill to be interview. I want interviewing as a skill specifically because I'm thinking about uh, journalist and novelist Thomas Wolfe. I, I I picture that 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 big white suit like is is very prevalent, mm. and the idea of having a notepad and like just talking to people and like getting their story and that kind of being my my journalism is very. Is very, it's very me, and it's very the energy that I want to bring to this. I like that. So um, you're maybe less of a journalist and more of a chronicler, but that notepad in hand lends a sort of credence and weight to whatever it is that you're saying and whoever you're talking to. I'm also gonna write down. Uh, I'm gonna write down. I'm also gonna write down fly on the wall. I I picture this as being uh like adjacent to not quite hiding, but like. Being an unobtrusive presence. It's a very specific kind of hiding. Yeah, it's a very specific like like you're 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 not necessarily hot. You're it's a little bit hiding in plain sight, but it's also just it's also a little bit of just like observing and studying so, and it's being a, in the room, but not being the center of attention. Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea, generally, also, to have some skills that are more general and some that are more specific, mm-hmm. because the more specific the skill that you have, the cheaper it is to take and to upgrade and to have a higher bonus in. I'm also going to write down cheap shots. Ooh, good one. Cheap shots. Uh, cheap shots is a skill that I, I very specifically, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm much in a fight, but I think if I, I think I, I think I've got one good punch that like, I could probably take down somebody larger than me, but they can't see it coming. <laughs> but if that punch doesn't land, then it's kind of all over. Which uh, brings me to the last skill that I think I want to mark down. And that is, uh... I'm trying to decide if it's fun, if it's more in- entertaining for me to. I'm gonna write down. I'm writing down disarming wit. It, huh. I I the the. <laughs> this is a very modern reference, but it's the reference that I've, I'm coming up with in my head. I picture a certain energy of that tweet of. Picking a fight and then saying I'm just a little guy and also it's my birthday. I'm a little birthday guy. Yep. And then that and that that like that kind of it's not quite it's not quite I'm not quite charming. I'm just kind of being a little pathetic, a little funny, a little odd. But like it's and it's not something that I can necessarily like talk my way like into getting things as much as I can sort of like talk my way out of getting out of trouble by kind of by kind of disarming the situation a little bit. Uh, this will likely get edited out, but have you seen Shang-Chi yet? I have not seen Shang-Chi yet. Okay, there's a there's a scene where one of the characters is, like, about to get into a fight, and so she just, like, gets in between the person who's gonna beat someone else up and that person, uh, and then just starts yelling the lyrics to Hotel California. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. I'm imagining something along those lines. Exactly like that. Exactly that energy. I'm, we're leaving that in because yes, it's exactly that energy of like, 
of I I just happen to know the the one thing that's gonna make you unclench your fist, and if I can get your fist unclenched, then we're then we're out of a bad situation. Yep. Then you can go from cheap shot to interview. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Perfect. Uh, then the next step would just be to uh, to do my favorite number crunching. Number um, crunching. I say this with as much sarcasm as possible because I had to I had to basically hire somebody to help me do number crunching when I was making this game. <laughs> I'm never making a dice based game again. I swear to God. But um, yeah, uh, you got your 15 points. You can mm-hmm. divvy them up however you like. We should probably assign uh, skill tiers to each of yep. your tiers, um, which is something that you do, and then I kind of green light. Um, and then if you find yourself needing more skill points than you have, uh, then you might want to take an aversion. Uh, but that's not always a good idea. Right. So I'll leave it up to you. I think uh I think gambling I'm going to put it at a tier at a tier 3. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think most of my skills are tier 2. Yep. I think interviewing is a tier 2, cheap shots is a tier 2, fly on the wall is a tier 2. And I'm going to say disarming wit I'm going to put at a tier 1 cuz I think it is pre- it, 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 it's I very I picture specific. it not Yeah, I picture it not getting me not getting me used in a lot of situations. Like it's not it's not as general as I am particularly witty, and it's not as general as I am good at making people laugh, like, at, at, at breaking down situations. It's I'm good at getting myself out of a tough spot. Nice. So I'm, so my disarming wit is a tier one, uh, which is the most specific. Uh, fly on the wall, cheap shots, and interviewing are all tier two, which are a little more general. And a And my tier three, which is gambling, is a tier three, which is the most general. Sounds good to me. So I'm going to put a plus one. So the way it works is uh, tier three skills uh, cost three skill points to add a plus one to. Tier twos cost two and tiers one costs one. So I'm going to put a plus one into gambling. Uh, I'm assuming I'm going to see how much it costs to put a one into everything. Two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I've got five points left to spend. 12. Okay, so what I've got is uh, gambling is a plus one, interviewing is a plus two, cheap shots is also a plus one, and disarming wit and fly on the wall are both plus two. Are you satisfied with that? I feel good. I feel, I feel good about this. I feel pretty good about this. I'll also note that you are choosing not to increase your health. You know, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, and no aversion. So that's- No aversions. Probably wise. Um, so, yeah, that's a good character sheet. I'll green light that. And it's time for uh, my favorite, which is questions. Um, what do you hope to find beyond the border? <sighs> what do I hope to find beyond the border? The last five people that I've interviewed have all talked about finding a specific place and a specific person somewhere beyond the border a little a little a little hut a little a hut on the like a little shack on the water and uh 
that when you walk inside is a luxurious bar because I mean I can't resist a, I can't resist a swinging bar. Uh, but inside there is a single bartender working who every single one of them said knew something about themselves that they had never told anyone before. What I want to know. Hmm. I want to know what this guy's deal is. It's a good hook. What brought you to Scarstone? Uh, cheap booze, cheap poker, and 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 nobody looking for me. Easy, ample stories, cheap booze, cheap poker. What a you... lack of trouble. Hmm. Then what are you running or hiding from, and why? Oh, I I I blew open a story that I should not have blown open, and I don't regret it. You know, uh, the organized crime movement in America is uh, is a rising concern, and in the next few decades, it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. And I'm happy to have been on the front lines of talking about these sorts of things, but uh, it made some people very unhappy, and I'm very happy to be in a place where they're not looking for me. I would imagine as well that that. Especially in the 1890s, you know, very powerful people are so much more disproportionately powerful than they are yeah. in the early 20th century that that could really ruin your life. Right. Uh, there are some there are a couple bosses. There are a couple bosses that I wrote some maybe unflattering profiles of uh, that I, I kind of am that I'm hiding for them in a place where they don't deem worthy. They don't deem worthy of going part of the. I think part of my my view is that I see it, that they see it, that my being uh, in Scarstone is punishment enough, and frankly, I'm not going to dissuade them of this obviously incorrect notion. Obviously incorrect. I guess we'll have to see about that. What do you worry waits for you beyond the border? Uh, something I can't talk my way out of. I, I'm pretty good... I'm pretty good at talking, but I worry that words are not going to be much good beyond the border, whether because of physical danger that I simply can't talk my way out of, or because to hear them tell it, I am going in search of some things that are far more powerful than can be bargained with, or pleaded with, or joked around with, or disarmed, and... I worry that I'm walking that I'm walking into a place where my words have no good where my words are have no value. I worry that I'm I'm I've worried that I'm worried that I'm finding myself in a place where the skills that I've put my life into are not going to be able to save me even though they've saved me from everything so far. You know, sometimes in the very worst of situations the pen does yield to the sword. That I I will never admit that because if I admit that I'm out of a job. But uh, but what I am deeply afraid of is that that is entirely the truth. Suppose we'll have to see. So I was about to say. Well, I think then that the contract that you have taken or that has been foisted upon you because there are many available but most of them are uh more of the go and kill this monster, or go and apprehend this criminal that fled into the bayou, or go and do scientific research. Frankly, they're things that you're not qualified to do, and you don't strike me for a fool. So we're going yeah, to do... Yeah, and I, I frankly, frankly, they sound, frankly, they sound dire. I, uh, 
throwing punches and uh, it sounds that's that sounds beneath me frankly well if we're all being honest here if you're going to take a contract things are already pretty dire and is, i did is... realize we never caught your name that is true who are you my name is my name is Ansel Crest Ansel it's got a good name got a good Pen name to but it. You know, uh, it's all about the performance, right? What is, for the purposes of what's coming, what is your real name? Uh, it's got to be much less cool than Ansel Crest. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was John Peters, you know, the farmer. <laughs> um, it's Marvin Barrels. <laughs> that is definitely less cool. It is Marvin Barrels. Okay. Uh, then we're going to give uh, Mr. Cress, we're going to give you one of my favorite contracts. Oh, this I'm so excited. the cold call contract, which is that you've been hired to meet with a supernatural entity that dwells beyond the border. Um, and, and if you'd like, this is uh, not, not quite what is specified in the book, um, but I would like to start with a very brief roleplay scene. Uh, that sounds great. With uh, you, you, you come down. It's the the morning after you've sort of collected all of these stories from various residents that are either too poor or too stubborn to leave Scarstone. You come downstairs from the Moorhead boarding house, and you're stretching and you're yawning, and you're about to take breakfast, and you notice that there's a man sitting at the breakfast table who definitely was not here the night before. And you would have remembered him because he's so exceptionally well-dressed. I mean dressed to the nines. He's not quite wearing a tux, but it is, it is up there. And it is ironed completely perfectly. And he's poking at a plate of scrambled eggs, which he doesn't seem to be touching. And he has a round, very dark pair of sunglasses that he is wearing, even inside and a very thin, waxed mustache. I can recognize a... I can recognize a fellow... Uh, a fellow appreciator of leisure and appearances. Uh, I, I straighten out the, the wrinkles in my very nice suit. I, I, I give them the... I give them the traditional... I give them the traditional gentleman's ironing, which is I just run my hands down my sides and along my legs for a minute. Straighten my tie... Uh, I just, I've got very tiny glasses. I picture the real, the real, the real, real tiny ones. Uh, give them a, give them a little adjust and kind of slide into the, slide into, into the, the table booth. Uh, I look around, I, I, I give a wave to the, to the bartender. This is me putting on a show as much as anything. Uh, the bartender looks pointedly annoyed at me. And I, uh, I sneak in, I, I, and I, I, I wave, and I wave up two fingers, and I'm like, what are you having, friend? He looks in your general direction. It's a little bit hard to tell exactly where. And he gives you the broadest, toothiest, pearly white smile you've ever seen. And he says, I'd like a coffee, please. Ah, I see, uh, and I think, uh, a coffee comes over, and 
like a double whiskey on the rocks comes over and not the good whiskey like the kind of whiskey that i think everyone at three tables around me oh, can smell they don't have good whiskey in scarstone i think it's bad whiskey for by star stone standards mm, yeah the kind that makes you go blind i like it yeah it's the kind that it puts hair it's 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 not gasoline but maybe like half a step below that um and like a triple whiskey on the rocks comes over alongside the coffee and I look at the coffee and I look at the whiskey and I look at the coffee and I look and I'm, I'll actually have a coffee as well. Thank you. And uh, and a water and a water. I'm trying to, you know, body's temple. The water comes before the coffee, uh, although you may have mistaken it for coffee at first, given the color and opacity of the liquid. Um, sure. And the man across from you makes a, a minor show of taking a very small sip of the scalding hot coffee in front of him. And then says, how may I help you? Oh, I'm just uh, here, you know, I always like to be, uh, while I'm staying here, I like to be uh, abreast of who's coming and going. And frankly, uh, I will dare say you seem a bit more interesting than most of the people that are coming and or going. I suppose I'll take that as a compliment. As it is intended. My name is Ansel Crest. I am a profiler of the happenings here. Consider myself a one-man welcoming committee. Um, what is what my what pray tell is your name, friend? Uh, tell me, tell me your story. What brings you to the coziest little spot in the endless wasteland abyss that is the world around us? He gives you the exact same grin that he did before and says, Ansel Crest, a pleasure. I think I read about your, what was it, your coverage of the arson in Chicago a few years back? Ah, ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I see word gets around, but uh, I, that's probably, you know, um... Reception to that piece was uh, was mixed, but I do appreciate I do appreciate knowing uh, knowing that I have fans out there in the world. I am as I as I slowly kind of as I inch out my as I try to as quietly as possible inch my chair back just in case. I am a purveyor and patron of the arts and of journalism alike. Now, Ansel, tell me, are you looking for work in Scarstone? Uh, I dare say well, that if you weren't, then you might be the only one. Well, uh, you know, uh, I, I I prefer to think of it as I'm looking for a good story to tell, but there are times where I need to pay, and I look at my, I look at the three drinks in front of me. There are times where I need to square things up with certain people, so occasionally a paycheck is not such a bad thing. A paycheck, of course. Tell me. Are you looking to earn $35 today? $35? I, well, I was, <laughs> I was looking to cover a bar tab, not, uh, not pay for an entire round for the bar, but, uh, I will reluctantly accept, uh, such, I will, I will hear such a proposition if you want to offer one. Gotcha. And a quick note, um, the U.S. inflation rate from 1894 is $100 in 1894 is over $3,000 today. That's I, I knew it was something in that area. I knew thirty five dollars was uh if I remember was 
Remembering the Oregon Trail, $35 was uh, enough to buy a, a wagon wheel set, uh, I believe uh, multiple multiple wheels, axles, it's uh, $35 gets you, gets you a good distance. Yeah, $35, $35 is, uh, I have an inflation calculator open, yeah, that's over $1,000 now. Yep, that's you about are, what I are, thought. You are good to go. Um, he grins, again, the exact same smile. And says, perfect. Have you heard a story about a certain bartender that lives out on Lake Anne? I cannot hear, I cannot not hear stories about a certain bartender that works out on Lake Anne. Excellent. Now, I'd like you, if you may, uh, to just walk on out there and uh, find this fine fellow and Ask him a question for me. Does that sound like something that you could do? Uh, that sounds certainly up my alley, albeit uh, dangerous and difficult, and certainly, uh, certainly worth uh, certainly worth the thirty-five dollars. Albeit, here's what I'll tell you: I'll take for the thirty-five dollars because you seem like you are a friend. You seem like you are a like you are a friend of mine, and I I always look out for my friends. Do not forget who took this job for you. Do not forget who took this favor for you. Walking out outside the border, going to parts unknown. You know, the stories that I've heard about this are outstanding. But for you, I will take this deal because I think that there is something between us. I think that there is a burgeoning friendship and I want to do what I can to make this happen. I am so very glad he cuts you off (laughs) to hear you say that. Now... Why don't you take this? And he produces from within his waistcoat a very small yellow paper envelope stamped with a wax seal of a butterfly. And he hands it to you and says, Why don't you take this and just hand it to the bartender when you find him and do please make sure to write down whatever he says. Ah, well, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you writing it down. It means one last thing I got to keep in the noggin. My friend, this consider this already delivered. What's that thing they say about the the post office? Hell or high water? Rain, sleet or snow? That's what I'll give you. For $35, at least that's what, that's what I'll try. That's what he, he he nods and says, "Oh, and uh one more thing before I forget." If you do open that envelope prematurely, or read the question at any point, contract's off. I hope you now, understand. Of course, I I appreciate you clarifying that, but I must admit that I am a little hurt that you think of me as the type of person that would violate uh violate an agreement between two people. This question is for you and for our dear friend, the bartender. As I quietly, as I quietly stash my, as I quietly stash the letter opener that I keep in my, that I keep in my pants pocket, I would never dream of such a thing. Uh, your secrecy is of the utmost importance from your pen to the bartender's ears to God's eyes. Your platitudes do have polish, I'll give you that. Ah, uh, that's what they pay me for. Well, I guess technically they pay me to carry this letter back and forth, but it's what I'd like them to pay me for. He nods, pushes his chair back, drops two quarters onto the table, and walks out the door. And it's only after he's left 
that you realize there was nothing behind those sunglasses. Hmm. He turned, and your eyes just skipped over it. But there was nothing there. Huh. And now, we skip forward, perhaps a moment, perhaps an hour, perhaps a day, and you are standing at the very edge of Scarstone. And stretching before you is a line of unnaturally large fireflies that denote the border between Scarstone and the bayou beyond. They bob and flicker quietly, as they always do, waiting. I hate bugs. <laughs> I, uh... Am I, am I on a ferry? Am I waiting for a ferry? What am I, what am I doing here? Oh no, you, you have to walk, my friend. Mm. There are no boats that take you out beyond the border. That's <sighs> what I was afraid you were going to say. Ugh, the only thing worse than bugs is walking past them. I, uh, I give my suit the gentleman's, the gentleman's adjustment. I, uh, I give myself the gentleman's iron down. I adjust my tie, I adjust my glasses, I, uh, I grab my, I grab my letter opener, I, uh, brush past two of these, I, I swat away two of these large, these giant flyer flies from around my face, and I, I, I walk forth, uh, flicking the letter opener in my hand, doing kind of a little bit of a butterfly knife twirl in my hand of the letter opener. I'm picturing one of those long, like, could be just a straight up knife, like very deck, like decorative to the point of, of ostentatious, uh, dagger style letter openers, like a Mr. Burns letter opener. Right. Uh, as I, as I flip it in my hands and I, I walk forth muttering about, ugh, I'm 35 dollars don't eh, ansel 35 dollars can get you brand new shoes you do not need to worry about ugh, this mud is disgusting it's fine it's fine it's fine 35 dollars uh as you press past the border you feel it almost viscously give way and then snap with a cold burst of air behind you and the bayou on this side is so hot and humid that it almost feels like you're inside of a dog's mouth. You can hear insects chirping and buzzing, and you notice that at least half of the trees are matted with human hair instead of leaves. And... If you please, I would very much like it if you could give me a roll to look around and just see what you notice. I would love to do that. Uh, so what I'm going to do here is roll 2d12, correct? Yep. Uh, yeah, I am, I am looking around. I am very much doing what I do best, which is, I think, I think I've started to complain. And then the second that I, I feel the heat and, and see the hair and... I feel the humidity. I just kind of undo my tie. I, I, I give it the full undo so that it's the two. It's running along along the back of my neck rather than being tied like a tie. And I'm just I'm looking around as uh, any good reporter knows. It's about it's about spotting things and it's about being present in the moment more so than anything else. Of course. 
And uh, I am rolling 2d12. And that is a 9. Am I adding anything to that? Are you? You tell me. I'm going to add fly on the wall to that. This feels like a moment to be a fly on the wall. This feels like... This feels this feels like the moment where I'm I'm trying not I'm I'm actively trying to study the scene without it be without without bringing attention to myself. Yeah, I would say that's directly relevant, not even tangentially. So that is a 9 plus 2, which is an 11, which is a failure. That is a failure. Um damn. It's a good mo- a good moment for a failure. That's a it's a weird fucking bayou, my man. It's not great. It's, I, I kind of, I readied myself for the bayou and, you know, it, there's only so much readying you can do for this. You for didn't all expect of this. maybe the trees to have quite so much meat on them? Yeah, that's, I think, the thing that is actively, uh, throwing me, throwing me, uh, the most is seeing this weird uh this weird thing this weird space that just has it it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel nor it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel familiar and i am someone that that desperately kind of relies on familiar yeah i mean everything about it is some way of wrong or upside down or backwards or inside out it's it's awful i mean there are people here, but they're part of the bayou. They're in the grounds. They're in the trees. The air itself seems to be pushing against you, giving you the embrace of a corpse in the midst of rigor mortis. It's, it's miserable, and the heat is just oppressive. Mm-hmm. However, none of that changes why you're here. None of that changes 30, what $35. you have to do. $35. $35. And so, how how are you planning on trying to find this, this Lake Anne? Well, it's a lake. And, you know, it, it, in, in weather like this, unfortunately, the best way to find the water is to go towards the humidity because the, the water is going to be giving that air that humidity. So I guess if I'm if it's I guess if I'm getting punched in the face by this hot, wet air, then I've got to be going in the right direction, I think. And honestly, like there's probably a degree of you know, the people that I spoke to who had gone beyond the border and found this bar and found Ann Lake, they probably told me a detail or two about, you know, and I certainly thought that they were exaggerating. I thought that they were making things up, but that might be the only way to really find where I'm going is to follow their stories and follow the humidity and see if I stumble on a lake and see if they weren't exaggerating about... See what else they weren't exaggerating about, because unfortunately it does not seem like they were exaggerating much about the bayou. It's true, and and the world beyond the border does not exactly follow conventional rules of, of time or space or geography, mm-hmm. so it's probably smarter to go off of stories and off of feeling than it is to go off of landmarks. Yeah. Um, so why don't, give, why, don't, why, why don't you give me a pathfinding role of some sort? I will. Can I? I would love to. If I would love to, if you would accept it, add my interviewing to this. 
I will allow you to add it tangentially, so at half, uh, because the interviewing has already happened. It's not something that you're actively making the check for. But yeah, I, 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 I'm okay with that, especially because that puts me uh, that that's a nineteen. A nineteen, excellent. Um, I believe a nineteen is a full success. That is a full success. Yes. Um, well, first, the humidity is not hard to follow. Um, it's just the direction that the bayou is pushing you away from going towards. So you almost have to shoulder the weight of the air in order to make it. Uh, but before too long, you'll find running water, or at least you'll hear running water. And after wading through, I mean, it's the bayou, there's water everywhere, but most of it is pretty brackish. You'll find an offshoot that is maybe not a river or even a creek, but a, at least a stream of water that's moving. Eh, you know, uh, moving water is, it's a start, it's something to, it's something to follow behind. And, um, and at the same time, you'll hear water moving from the direction that you came from. And I use the phrase water moving as opposed to moving water intentionally because it is not water that is moving on its own. It is water that is being moved by something in it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh, I dislike that. I unders- I now understand the difference and I truly dislike it and I wish I did not. Um, I think the second that I hear uh, water moving... Uh, that puts a bit of a ticking clock on our scenario, doesn't it? I think that is going to, that is going to put us in a difficult position. Well, the only direction I can go that isn't towards something moving in the water is forward. Um, but I do, I do flip my, I do flip my, my letter opener, uh, into sort of a stabbing or a throwing position because, I've got to throw a knife at something, at least I've got a knife to throw at something, and I'm going to double step my way along this, along this, uh, this, I'm going to follow this running water as best I can while trying to outstep the, the things moving to water. Excellent. And, um, you know, I'm going to say that you don't need to roll for this, because it's not actually trying to chase you. Uh, but after a moment, you'll hear the gentle splash of something pulling itself out of the water. And then you'll hear soft, damp, maybe startlingly human footsteps. And then they'll stop, maybe ten feet behind you. (sighs) Don't love... I don't love any part of that, but... If I'm gonna die... I'd rather I'd rather face the thing that's going to kill me rather than the only thing the only thing dying with my back turned to death gets me is a bad story when I get to the other side so I'm going to quietly uh, uh I'm going to I I go to my tie to see if I've got a moment to to retie it uh, but doing so would mean dropping my letter opener so I just kind of uh I arrange it so it seems intentional and I turn around and I go Now, I do believe that it is rude to follow. You turn around, but there's nothing there. 
Just oh. the swarming flies and crickets. Wonderful. That's exactly what I was exactly what I want to see. I Oh, the bayou is getting to me. This is great. This is This is wonderful. This is very good. This is it's fine. Make this me, is uh, make me a willpower check. I'm going to make you a willpower check. Talk me through how to make a willpower check. Uh, willpower uses 2d8. And if you roll uh, equal to or less than your willpower, then you succeed. Equal to or less than my willpower. Or maybe it's a... Let me check. I've got the book in front of me. Equal to or lower than your current willpower, you succeed the check. Yep. All right. Well, then I have failed the check or rolled a 12. Phenomenal. Uh, reduce your willpower by one. Okay. Uh, the weight of the weight of this is is it seems to really be getting to you. It's been getting to me. I I don't like I don't like being on my own. I don't like being alone. I don't like being followed. I don't like bugs. I don't like heat. I don't like water. I don't like. Frankly, I don't like any single part of this. And if there were not thirty five dollars waiting for me on the other end of this, I would have already I would have already cut this letter open and skipped town. Even so. Uh, as you turn around and continue onwards, the footsteps start up again. Uh, and then a very distinct throat-clearing <clears throat> sounds from behind you. And I stop and I say, If you'd like to chat, you'll have to ask a merely... I, I, I expect a certain degree of courtesy beyond a clearing of the throat. Right you are, then. Oh, that's even worse than no response. And I... I, I stop and I, 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 do, I do put away my letter opener. And I pull out my notepad and I... Without turning around, I just go... Yes, well, uh... You're asking your, uh, can I ask what, uh, what I can, what I can do for you today, friend? I'm terribly sorry, but there's nothing there. I hate this place. I hate this bio and I hate everything in it. Uh, make me another willpower check as someone taps your shoulder. Oh, there's another, <laughs> that one's a 10. Great. This is going great. Lovely. Down to eight you go. Down to eight. I think I think I I think I swirl around and throw a punch. I think that there is absolutely no waiting. I think two failures in a row. This is absolutely I am I am throwing. Excellent. Roll I am it. throwing a punch to just uh, cock someone in the mouth. I would count that one as a cheap shot, uh, but I will say that it's an unfamiliar one. So it's still at a still at half. Uh, is that half rounded down or half rounded up? I'm fairly certain it's rounded up, but I I should All check. Right. Uh, either way, I mean, it's a 17 plus either zero or one, so it's a full success either way. Round it up. But, uh, quick, quick punch, quick, quick throw of a, of a cheap shot. Quick throw of a cheap shot. Excellent. Um, let me double check. Ah, right. This is technically an attack. Uh, so before you make the attack you have to allocate your attack bonus between damage and accuracy. Now, you already put it into accuracy, which is probably better yeah. anyway, so it'll only deal one damage. Okay. Your punch connects with a swarm of flies, and they sort I of hate bugs. disperse around your fist, 
and then fly backwards and then reform into just a sort of jumbled mass that very slowly starts to retake the form of a human figure exactly your height. And once it has been fully reformed, in a sort of buzzing voice, it says, that's, that's quite rude. Well, it's rude to sneak up on someone and tap them on the shoulder, so I think we should call this even. I wasn't sneaking up on you, you just weren't looking in the right direction. Well, it's rude to tap. Oh. Alright. I do apologize, I I was... Crawl up your sleeves. Point taken, I would like to formally apologize. I'll accept your apology. Much appreciated. Could you do a favor for me? I believe I owe you one as I cocked you in the jaw. Excellent. Flies Uh, or the swarm or however you want to describe your jaw. Could I take your eyes, please? Unfortunately, I am. I I am. I don't believe I can accept this this favor. I know that I punched you in the jaw, but I I I unfortunately do not feel like I can comfortably make this trade. Ah, terribly sorry. I do hate to be an inconvenience. It's just. I do need them. Well, that makes both of us. It takes a step forwards and then says, Really, I, I'm afraid that if it comes down to it, then, um, well, I'd rather have them and have you be angry at me. I'd risk another punch for it. You can punch me again if you really need to. But I do need the eyes. Tell you what I'll do. Heads or tails? Hmm. I'll call tails. Excellent. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, well, do you want to reconsider that? Because I do have a story. Because I can. Uh, this is. I, I. I. This is. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want you to get into a, into a an unfair bargain. But technically, I've heard stories. A few of the sailors have been telling me. You know, I'd spend a decent amount of time with gambling types. And technically, technically. There is a slightly better chance of heads. Like, very small percent chance of it. Are you sure you want to stick with tails? Are you trying to get in me, Ed? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making sure you have the facts before you make this, before you make this bargain. Uh, I want you to roll me... Man, I don't even know, I, you know, <laughs> I do know what this would be. This would be disarming wit. Alright. Make me a disarming wit check. Don't even make it unfamiliar, because you are very much in your element here. Uh, that is a, that is a, that is a 17. A 17. Excellent. You know, it's funny, for somebody who wrote Actually, the wait, game, no, that is a 16. Sorry, I, miss, 16. I, miss, I miscounted. Miss, a 16, a partial success. Even more interesting. Big, big fan of partial successes. Um, so, it kind of cocks its head at you, and you can see some of the flies sort of slough down its shoulders. And then it says, I mean, I... I I guess I could change the heads. But, um... But I want to be the one to flip the coin. If it's all the same to you. It sure is, as I quietly put the coin that I was going to flip in my pocket and pull out a different coin. Here you go. Flip it. Flip it. Take it. It's yours. No, no, it's alright. I brought my own. And that's where the partial Wonderful. success comes in. Wonderful, takes even out, better. Takes out a coin from somewhere. 
<laughs> I can't tell you where. You know, uh, one gambler to another, you know, you, you know better than to ask. And a couple of flies, you know, jump out of its hand as it pushes the coin up into the air. And it spins. And uh, I, I watch it go up. And I watch it go up, and just as it's at the the peak, at the the peak of its flight, and I'm watching it flip, and the beads of sweat are starting to form and pool on the top of my forehead, and I bite my lip a little bit, and just as it starts to come back down, that's when I go for the nose. Roll me a cheap shot. What are you, uh... I want to put this in damage. Okay. Uh, especially because that is a 20. Okay. Um, so that's two damage, as this thing, pardon the pun, flies apart, and says, Ah! What? It's ridiculous! Hey, you did say I could punch you. I, I offered, I didn't think you would do it. Uh, but you offered. I did, I did offer, you've got me there, you've got me there. Right, can I take your eyes now? Mm, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm, I think I'm going to. Uh, can you roll, right. roll me, uh, roll me the upper hand, which is which is rolling initiative essentially? Okay. Yeah. And I will grab my d12. Oh, that is a twenty. Same. God, you are just hot dice. Hot dice. Hot dice today. Yeah, no kidding. The d the d12s are treating me. The d12s are treating me well. Yeah, I rolled a, I rolled a twenty as well. Oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that all of... I thought that just my dice were hot today. I don't like that all of the dice are hot today. That's certainly... That's certainly a type of vibe. Um, let me check who goes first. I didn't write it down. But but normally, the, I, I believe the dealer breaks ties. Um, okay. So I'll go first, especially because you just took a turn. Um, yeah. I will get from point A to point B and then make an attack. Um, okay. So let me grab my monster's stat block. Got Jerry the fly guy. It's not actually his name, but regardless. Uh, I don't know any better. I rolled you... That's a, an 18. So, uh, full success. So, one damage to you. Alright. Uh, as this is not a particularly strong monster, but, uh, many, many of the flies just swarm down onto you and just tear into your skin. And you can see the... I was gonna say, the sort of silhouette of this fly swarm is getting more and more scattered and frenetic and frenzied. And I am going to honestly just grab my my letter opener and swing wildly and see what happens. Okay. Start slabbing and slashing and see what happens. So I don't really have a I don't really have a skill here. Are you putting this one in damage or in accuracy? I'm gonna put this one into this one's also going into damage. Gotcha. That is a fourteen. That is a partial success. Partial success. Uh, with a partial success, uh, I do believe you do damage as normal, and then I get to act immediately afterwards. Hmm. If I recall correctly. Yes. So, uh, that's 
That's brutal. That's genuinely brutal. I rolled. I don't. I don't. I don't love that. I rolled two elevens. Oh, that is actually genuinely so brutal. I, so I rolled a twenty-three. Uh, so I'm de- I'm gonna deal one damage to you. Um, okay. And I'm gonna say that. Listen, Jeff. There's no easy way to say this. You got flies in your pants. They just yeah. pour down into your trousers, and they begin to gnaw at one of your kneecaps. Oh, the worst place. Oh. Yep. And they are just digging in. And it is very painful and will present a very large problem, if not addressed pretty soon. Uh, And then I believe you just made a regular move. So if you want, you can make a tandem move as well. I would. I am going to... I'm clutching my knee and screaming, and I am going to, uh, gosh, I don't even know what to do other than, other than maybe try to run, but it doesn't seem exactly possible at this moment. I'm going to, I am going to, uh, to scream out. I think my tangential jackson is to scream out. Why do you even need them? Why do you even need my eyes? I, my eyes are, they're not even that great. Look, I got glasses on. Roll me an interview. You really? A tangent or an unfamiliar interview check. Oof, that is a nine. That is a failure. Okay. Uh, it'll use a, a tandem move to get from point A to point B as the flies abandon your legs and begin to crawl up your shirt towards your face. Uh, and then it will attack. It's a 15. So a a partial success. Uh, so you're going to take one more damage for me, and then you get to mm-hmm. immediately act in response. Uh, I just did some, I just did some research. I was, uh, I was, did some research and I found out exactly what I was hoping for. I think I am I am begging and I am pleading and I'm like, just please, please, please. Look, we can talk through this. We can talk through this. Yes, I cheated you last time. I took a shot. But listen, listen, listen. There's this is this is even. This is gentle. And and that's when I'm going to flick. That's when I'm going to flick the lighter in my pocket and just wave a bunch of fire around my face. Because I know flies don't like fire and they don't like smoke. Good research. And the first light and the first lighter was invented in 1832. Yes. No, lighters are definitely around. Uh. Do me a favor, roll me a, just roll me a straight 2d12. Okay. Uh, that is a 16. 16. Uh, you get the flies away from your face. You don't do any damage with it, but you do, you do manage to get them to sort of back off and to even fall off of your body. Uh, and then it's your turn. Uh, then I am going to, uh, grab my... I'm going to uh, keep holding the lighter. I flick it off for just a moment. I grab my, I grab my uh, my letter opener, and I am going to, uh, I am going to 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 make like a stabbing motion. I'm gonna make like a stabbing motion, and then like as I rear back the as I rear back the knife, flick my lighter and throw it at the throw it at the flies, uh, hoping that it stays lit long enough for some fire to get at some flies. It's a hell of a cheap shot. Are you I'm trying. putting your point into damage or accuracy? Uh, I gotta keep going damage. 
Oh, that is a 21. Woo. Bless. Bless. That's a, that's a rousing success. Uh, and I will tell you that this does kill Jerry the fly guy. What a, what a, good, what a good way to kill a bunch of flies. Yeah. Just throw, throw a ha- little fire at them. Tell me what happens. Uh, they light up like a Christmas tree. I think it is, it is, if you've ever just like watched, if you've ever seen flash paper go up. Yep. It is, it is exactly like that. I, I, I flick it and I throw it expecting to maybe just like see them scatter a little bit, but it catches one of the flies and I see it kind of like sizzle. And then it's just a whoosh and the fire just, you know, straight column of fire to the sky. I am thrown backwards. My, my. My beautiful suit is uh, got ash and and burn marks all over the front of it. Uh, there's blood stains all over my knee, but I climbed to my I kind of barely climbed to my feet. The lighter is destroyed. There is there is nothing left of that lighter, and I kind of like I'm holding I'm like holding my letter opener knife, and I'm just ah uh, I liked that lighter. It was a nice lighter. Uh. I can, buy, I can buy a lot of lighters for $35, but I like that lighter. Got a lot of memories. It, I will it say never it, once, it never once didn't light when I flicked it. And that's, that's rare. You don't find that in a lot of lighters. Sitting in this pile of ash is something that is still moving rhythmically. It's charred. It's a little bit pulpy. But it looks to be the heart of a deer. And then it blows away into dust. Like any part of that. Uh, ashes to ashes, I guess is how the saying goes. If I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't love being one for cliche, but sometimes literary tropes have a value. And there is, of course, still the creek. It seems to be running the other way now. Well, I don't. I, I, I mean, uh, stories, stories said follow the water, and the water was moving that way, but now it's moving. But the only evidence that I have is follow the water. And that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense to go back the direction that I was coming from. However... I don't know that the question of does that make any sense seems like it has any value in this particular moment. So I'm going to do what the story said and follow the water. And if I if I go back from if I find myself back at the edge of the back at the edge of the bayou, then I know I've gone the wrong direction and I turn around and walk back. But I'm going to follow the water because frankly the stories are about the only thing that I have left. Make me another perception check then. Okay. That is a 14. All right. Not terrible. Um, could, could be worse. Could be worse. Then I'll say that you find your way, but you don't notice if or what sees you as you make your way along by you. That seems fair. That seems right. Until you, uh, you reach Lake Anne. It's, a uh, much larger body of water than you would have expected to see out here. Completely devoid of trees, and it's so smooth and still and green that it looks like sea glass. I kind of kick it with the edge of my toe just to make sure that it's water. 
a very, very thin layer of ice cracks on the surface as you kick it. And some of the chunks sink down into the water. You lose sight of them after maybe five inches. I, I, I move a few feet away from the crack in the ice, and I put my foot hard on the water. And I push down to see if it, if, it, if it will hold weight. It is far too thin to walk on. That's about what I figured. Your foot plunges down into <sighs> the water, and it is boiling hot. Make me a, make me a willpower check, and then make me a okay. dodge to try to get out of the way of what's underneath. Oh, that is the first success that I have had all had with my willpower all day. That is a five uh, willpower of eight. Excellent. Uh, and I'm going to make a dodge. That's seven. Oof. That's a failure. Uh, you feel someone very gently snake their fingers up your ankles and then wrap around them. <sighs> And your foot has disappeared into the water. And then they pull. And down you go. Down Um, I go. It's odd. The longer that you spend down in the water, the boiling hot doesn't seem to be doing anything to you. It's just distinctly unpleasant, but your skin remains unscalded. And you are face to face with the most beautiful woman that you have ever seen. She's dressed all in white, and her hair splays out, floating in the water. As she looks at you with a knowing smile. And you can see her perfectly, despite how opaque and difficult to see through this water is. And then she smiles with her teeth as her jaw begins to unhinge. And long, sharp teeth maybe eight, nine inches each, begin to grow from her gums. I go for a cigar. I put a cigar in my mouth. Underwater? Underwater. (laughs) Knowing I'm not stocking. I don't have have my lighter, but I put a cigar in my mouth. And I, I, I pad my, my jacket, I pad my vest, I pad my pockets, and I kind of give a shrug, and I pad my pockets again. And I, uh, I, 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 I'm clearly, I need, I can't find my, if I'm going to die, I need to at least have, you know, I'll go out, go out, feel like, go out with some, with some comfort. And I finally, I find the shape that I'm looking for, and then I stab her in the thigh. <laughs> or in the tentacle. Uh, oh, there's there's no tentacle. Don't worry. Oh. She's more of an anglerfish than a than an octopus in terms of facial structure, um, and and the rest of her is quite human. So yeah, yeah. Roll me a roll me a cheap shot. And this is all going into damage. Yep. That is an eighteen. Eighteen. It's a full success. You do a damage. This one dice. Two damage. I got. Yeah. This 1d12 is rolling nothing but 11s, and it's it's keeping me alive today. <laughs> Seems like your character isn't the only one that's cheating. Um, but, <laughs> but I look, I I truly wish that I was cheating. It would make it would I, but uh, this is this is uh, this is pure luck, and that luck will run out. And I'm I'm 
I don't know when, but I'm not looking forward to it. It'll be funny. Um, It'll be funny. It'll be funny. You see that the, the water stains black as blood begins to spout, and her face contorts in pain and in rage. And I want you to... I want you to make me one more willpower check. Okay. <laughs> it's a 13. That's not a success. Um, I will not mince words. This is maybe one of the most horrifying things that you have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And you've probably seen some not great things in your line of work. Yeah. But this... Yeah. This takes the cake. Her skin is so paper thin that it's beginning to crack at the edges of her mouth and around her eyes and you can see her black-as-icker blood seeping out into the water. And then she lunges for your throat. And rolls a nine. Um, she lunges for your throat, and the water pushes you up as you hit the ice, which seems much thicker from below. Uh, but the, the movement of the water and the current means that she just barely grazes you with her teeth. Ugh. I am I am not looking to I am not looking to fight today. I am looking to get the hell out of here. I have a I am too close. I am too close to my to my to my $35. I am not looking to get uh wrapped up in a fight today, so I am swimming back. I am swimming towards uh the nearest source of light. I'm swimming towards a if I there has to be a crack in the ice somewhere. I Oh, sure. Came down this right way, so I'm swimming down. back towards I'm swimming right back towards that crack in the glass. Roll uh roll the check to to climb up on out of there. That is a 14. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll make it back up out. <sighs> um, I will say not before she gets one last swipe at you. Not a Understood. bite. Not, not a bite, but a swipe. Um, and, and, and you will take another two damage. Two damage? Two damage. Got it. How, how are you looking for health? I am at, I am at two health left. Yes. It's not a lot. Um, it's not, it's not, not a ton. But you're now out back on the, the lake shore. And you can see along the other side, there's a pier, uh, with a couple of houses. And then maybe halfway around the lake is a single lone hut with a water wheel. <sighs> it's, uh, well, it's a structure. It's on the lake. I think that's where I gotta go. To the hut, then. and I limp. I limp, and I, I, I limp, and I stumble, and I, I walk to the, I walk towards the. I limp, and I stumble, and I, I walk towards the, uh, towards the hut. Uh, as you get closer, you can hear cheerful whistling coming from inside. All right. Well, that's better than, better than nothing. Uh, is there a door? Is there, a, is there an entrance there way? There is. There is indeed, and like an old timey saloon door. Ah, oh, love a saloon door. I, uh, I kind of, I, 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 I nudge it with my side. I kind of stumble in and I, I, I look for the first bar stool that I can, I can drop on. There is exactly one bar stool in front of a very small bar and a very expansive liquor cabinet and standing behind the bar with a, behind the bar with a sort of white cloth in his hand 
polishing the bar top is uh, a man wearing a green button-down shirt and brown suspenders with a, a bushy brown mustache and a twinkle in his eye. And he looks at you and he says, Hey, come on in. Huh, hello. Uh, take a take a seat. There's only one. What can I get for you? Yeah, well, uh, something, something strong that can, uh, something, uh, if you've got something that would act as, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to straight up ask for rubbing alcohol, but if you've got something about that level of, about that strength level, I wouldn't, wouldn't not appreciate it right now. Yeah, I'm sure that the woman in waiting gave you a bit of a runaround, Mr. Barrels. And he <laughs> that pulls down a bottle is, of rubbing alcohol and sets that it That is the correct. It says, uh, so what are you here for, Marv? Can I call you Marv? Uh, I really wish you wouldn't, but if you, you call me what you gotta call me. Um, if you got a napkin and I guess something that I should dr- something I can drink that's not gonna kill me. Uh, as I kind of uh, as I kind of start prepping this to dab my knee with it, he slides a bar napkin across, and then oh. a uh, a shot glass full of what looks to be some sort of purple liquor. That'll do. And I slap the rubbing alcohol on my knee, and I scream, and I swear, and then I grab the purple liquor, and I I start I, I start swirling it around. <sighs> I got a, I got, I got, I got something for you, by the way. I, I mean, hopefully the water, the water or the flies or the fire. Hopefully it has survived. That's fine. I should be able to read it no matter what. Okay. All right. I'm gonna reach into my inside jacket pocket and reach for the letter. Uh, the letter is there. It is. And I throw sopping it, wet. I throw the sopping wet letter on the. Uh, it's uh, it's damp. But it's, uh, it has been delivered. I see. He, uh, picks it up. He opens it and sort of peels the letter open. Reads what looks to be a single line written on it. And looks to you and says, Who, um, who did you say this was from again? Uh, well-dressed, slightly ominous gentleman. Ah, right, that's right, I forgot, you didn't get his name. Um, no, I didn't get his name. When you he promised me $35, and that kind of distracted me. $35, and then just asked you questions about Scarstone. I, I remember. Now, um, where did I put it? He ducks underneath the bar, and then comes back up with an old oil lantern, and puts it on, and then says, This should, um, this should be what he's looking for, just... Please, uh, uh, do tell him that this is the last favor that I'll do. Understood. Understood, understood. And, and a word to the wise, which I know that he's not, but attempting that sort of ritual is not... Uh, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not a great idea between you and me. Eh, uh, well... Uh, I've seen a lot of bad ideas. I've made a lot of bad decisions today, so... You know who am I to judge? Am I right? And I shoot back the purple liquid. Uh, it tastes like blackberries. Oh, oh! You know this is actually much nicer than I was expecting. Yes, I know. Um, is there anything that I can do for you while you're here? Uh, unless you can happen to treat some gaping wounds, I think I'm good. 
He smiles and says, I'm sorry, that's not my role in your story. Yeah, I figured not. Hey, how'd you know my name was Marv? Oh. And he extends a hand and says, I'm terribly sorry, that's quite rude of me. Uh, Curtis. Curtis, pleasure to meet you. Good to meet you. Uh, Marvin, the rubes call me Ansel, but the people that I respect call me Marv, and uh, I respect you. That's ill-advised, but appreciated. <laughs> do I do I look like I've made good decisions today? No, and he seems to sober quite quickly, and then says, "Marvin, you're going to die out here." Yeah. I kind of am starting to get that vibe. Not not now. And I'm afraid I can't tell you when, but... No one... No one leaves Scarstone. You understand that, don't you? It's kind of starting to get... Starting to pick up on that. And sooner or later, people don't return to it. I'll miss... I'll miss your story. When the book finally closes, but... For now, and he pours you another shot, I drink to your rather poor health and send you on your way. <laughs> My friend, Curtis, damn fine meeting you. I hope that at least I can give the story a pretty good ending. <sighs> Onwards and upwards. Again with the cliches, I gotta do better about this. I don't have much time left. Eh, you know what? Sometimes when you're on a deadline, you do what you can do. And I take the lantern and I kind of limp back out the door and I give I give one last kind of the two-finger salute and I, I walk back out. The trip back to Scarstone is surprisingly easy. You just follow the creek and maybe within three minutes you're back at the border. Ah, well, that's, that's, that's great. <sighs> I'm not trying to find a... Gotta get... Gotta get... Gotta get their name. That seemed... Curtis seemed real ominous about that, and that's understood. All right. And I kind of stumble back inside and poke around and <sighs> settle back at the bar and then just kind of plunk the, the lantern on the table and just kind of lean back and wait. Ugh. After maybe half an hour, Maxine, who runs the boarding house, walks over to you and she says, Did you, um, did you need something? Yeah. Fella I was talking to earlier put down the quarters, bought a bunch of drinks. You seen him around? Oh, uh, he left this morning, but he said that if you returns that he wanted to give you this. She hands you an envelope. Much thicker than the first. Okay. Well, I was not told not to open this envelope. It is addressed Let's to see you, ins- Ansel. Oh, well, even better. Yes. Uh, inside are ten dollars, all in ones, and a letter that reads, My dear Ansel, I am so pleased to find that you have returned safe and sound from beyond the border, and I would hope that you have come back with at least some modicum of answers. By this point... You should know that what I have attempted to extract from the bartender beyond the border is the instructions or the final key piece to a ritual which I would like to conduct to 
fortify Scarstone's position outside of the bayou and to ensure its long-term health and safety. I have enclosed within $10, which is ample payment for this half of the job. The next, of course, will be partaken in the ritual itself. I have taken the liberty of dispensing all of the supplies necessary into your room and leaving instructions up there for whenever you are ready to enact the blood rite. Yours truly, M. <sighs> well, <laughs> I said I was looking for an interesting ending. <laughs> this is certainly more interesting than I expected. Uh, excuse me, barkeep. Uh, yes. I would love, and I look around, I would love to buy everybody in the bar a round. Shots on me. This, just this once, you know, I think that tonight's for celebrating. Who's going to say what tomorrow is going to bring? She nods and says, it's a good way of looking at things around here. You know, you never know how long you've got. You may as well make the most of it. I think that's where we're going to end. I think that's, I think that's game. I think that's, I think that's a, that's a wrap. Yeah. Now, if we had, if we had much more time, we would do downtime as like the second half of the session Mm -hmm. or as its own session next time. But I think that's a, a good, good ending note. That feels like a good place. That feels like a good place to wrap. That's game. Uh, what a pleasure. What a delight. This ruled. What a good, creepy, horrifying experience. That was, I am smiling ear to ear. That was exactly what I wanted. And then some. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. It was very fun to run. You are uh, a joy to have as a player. Oh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Thank you so much for playing this with me. That was so, so, so fun. Uh, before we wrap, though, where can people find you, your work, Gravemire, and the Gravemire Kickstarter online? All, all good questions. Uh, if you want to find me, me personally, David Gales, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Lamplighter1504, or 1504, uh, or, or you can just search for, for David Gales. It should pop up. Um, if you want the Clawhammer Games Twitter, which is my game studio, that's at RPGs. Uh, our itch.io page is Clawhammer Games. Um, the Kickstarter is Gravemire. It's just the name of the game. Uh, and we are, I mean, I don't know when this is going to be airing, but right now we are pretty close to hitting funding. And our, uh, our, we have maybe two and a half weeks left or more. Um, so plenty of time for you to hop on on and, uh, get a, a paperback or a hardcover or any number of other goodies. Um, huh, what else is there? I think those are the big ones. Um, All right. And my DMs on Twitter are open, so if you ever want to talk or you want to collaborate on anything, just hit my line. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for playing this with me. This was such a goddamn pleasure. I am so absolutely delighted with how that went. Uh, I could not be happier. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to David for coming onto the show. That game was uh, awesome. That game was cool and weird and creepy, and I loved it. Thank you so much for running it for me. 
Um, go back Gravemire on Kickstarter. You can find a link in the show notes. It's got about 10 days left in the campaign. It's already fully funded. You will get your copy of the game and the materials. Uh, and it rips. It rips. It kicks ass. You can download the Quickstart materials at clawhammergames.itch.io, or you can check our show notes for more information. And go follow David on Twitter at lamplighter1504. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash party of one discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash party of one merch. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes or Podchaser review. Consider uh, sharing some love for the show on social media or consider uh, donating to the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Once you finish listening to this episode, you should go listen to the other podcast that I produce every single week, All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, in which every week, my best friend, Aaron Catano Size, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about press coverage of the show, advertising on the show, or coming on to the show as a guest, email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's pretty much it for me, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.